Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, T, how are you doing? I'm good, Michelle. How are you today? I am fantabulous because yeah. it is Women's History Month, as I say at the beginning of every episode <laughs> of That's What She Did. I am Michelle Talbert. And I'm Tangia Renee, and this is another episode of That's What She Did. Yes, where we are talking about everyday badass women, and wait till you hear about this woman today. Um, <laughs> the, the words warrior and princess are part of her name, so let's just start there, and she is not fictional. <laughs> she is not fiction. Um, so how are you doing? What's been going on in your world as we are rolling out these incredible episodes, Miss T? Well, we're coming off a weekend as we record this. And uh, I am, you know, it was, my sister is having the first grandchild. Oh, and, wow. And that's exciting. So that's we right. did a unicorn baby shower yesterday. Oh, fun. And I have decided that I, I really love unicorns and I have no interest in having a baby shower of my own. So it was a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a baby or you just don't want a baby shower? <laughs> I would just like to have a party that is like a unicorn theme for myself. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm with you. I love I, Hello Kitty and unicorns. And I get yelled at all the time about loving Hello Kitty at almost 50 years old. And I truly do not care. No, do you, as That's I like right. to tell everyone. So I was excited about the unicorns. I had like little mini unicorn pinatas and awesome. I got unicorn balloons and nice. it was just like an explosion of unicorns. I had unicorn cupcakes up in here. <laughs> it was, it was pink and purple and turquoise blue and unicorns as far as the eye could see. And I loved it. That's loved it. Fabulous. So, and she's having a girl, I'm guessing. She's having a girl. <laughs> she's having a girl. And I think had it been a boy, I would have tried to talk her into a unicorn baby shower sure. anyway. They yeah. would have just been like blue unicorns. Of course. Well, we're progressive. We can put whatever colors we want on our kids. So that's exactly. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> and I loved it so much because there were two things that I loved as a child more than anything. That was unicorns. Mm -hmm. and warrior princesses yeah, so this is like this is a good night for you yeah good night for me I'm excited when you told me you were doing a warrior princess I was like why didn't I think of that yeah right <laughs> exactly and she never had a tv show but hopefully she will well, at least not in the United States so we're going to get into it. This is a woman who is Afro-Brazilian, and she's really African um, in that she was born somewhere in the 16th century. And they believe she was born either in Congo or she was born in what is present-day Angola. Okay. Either way, she grew up to be a warrior princess. And what she did was that she actually fought alongside 10,000 men 
and they fought against the Portuguese and the Portuguese coming in to invade um, to, uh, you know, steal Africans and sell them into the transatlantic and other slave trades. Um, and she fought and she fought and she was pretty fearless and, and, and fought fiercely until she was captured. Do you, so, what, about what year was this? This was in the 16th century. 16th century. Okay. So, so it's the 1500s. Mm-hmm. Right. So she was actually sold into slavery in Brazil. I think they were just trying to figure out a way to get rid of her um, and get her into, obviously, the slave trade system Mm -hmm. um, because she was definitely a thorn in their sides as a warrior and um, fighter against the um, against colonialism through the Portuguese. So she fought and unfortunately was captured and sold into slavery. And during her time on the ship, she was impregnated by mm-hmm. the captors. And um, I think they were just trying to find ways to break her. Mm-hmm. You know, they were really trying to find ways to break her. It didn't work. Um, she did have total of three children in total. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that she did is that, you know, we hear about Harriet Tubman here in the United States as a freedom fighter. Well, Aquatune is, which was her name, A-Q-U-A-L-T-U-N-E. Aquatune was, um, she was actually um, responsible for freeing over 200 enslaved, enslaved people in Brazil. And they ran up into the mountains and went under this regime because I guess because of the lay of the land in Brazil, it was, and I'm going to use the term easier relative, um, it may have been easier for them to sort of go up into the mountains and get away from slave owners mm-hmm. and, and sort of regroup. So there were these maroons and they were called the maroon quilombo communities. And those communities were made up of Africans and Maroons who were trying to find ways to, again, defeat the slaveholders, the Portuguese, get them the hell out of their country. Um, And so she actually and her children joined forces with the Quilombo and she continued to fight. Like she was always trying to escape. Finally, she did end up making her way up into the mountains and being with the Quilombo, but then still fighting to free other enslaved Africans. So did she do this like Harriet Tubman style, like like a underground railroad kind of a thing? They, I mean, they don't. Everything that I read, they didn't do a comparison. I'm doing a comparison for our readers. For the American brain. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For our listeners, I should say. Right, for the American, just to give context. But she stood on her own, obviously predated Harriet by about 300 years, um, 200 years. So she, but, but. But however it did, it, was, it worked in a way that they got away. She got 200 um, enslaved folks away from their captors. One of the names she went by also is Alquatune of Angola. But the most common name for her is African Warrior Princess of Brazil. Oh, I love it. She I was also, um, she, they, she fought, like I said, she fought imperial Portugal and Portuguese rule. And one of her sons actually is attributed, and he's the one they talk about more so as the warrior, as one of the quilombo, as a, as a leading figure in the resistance. And she doesn't get as much 
of the notice, much like many women throughout history well, like who are doing the work in movement. Woman. <laughs> well, every woman that we've talked about so far that was significant historically right. was written out of the story at some point. Exactly. It, it, going all the way back to when we talked about the Onobugisha of uh, exactly. the samurai warriors, they were prominent leaders and they were written out of the story and any everybody only knows about the samurai and you know almost every woman that is historically significant that we've talked about same situation well you know what was interesting with her like i said how they tried to break her on her middle passage um she would jump off the ship and she would really anger the captain because he would always send somebody in she remembered now she did not know how to swim Oh, wow. So she taught herself how to swim in the Atlantic Ocean, honestly, tr- during the slave trade. And, and, and they would send people in to go pull her out and again, try to break her. So they were constantly just trying to figure out ways to break her, which clearly did not work. Um, and the farmer, of course, who she was told to, the, you know, he just had to count that as a L. <laughs> she was like, I'm not staying <laughs> and I'm taking 200 more with me. <laughs> we're out of here. Um, so, you know, I really appreciated hearing her story and having it brought to my attention by one of my friends who's an expat who lives in Brazil. He's um, originally from New Jersey, uh, Bishop and his wife, who is Afro-Brazilian. Um, and they brought the story to my attention and I appreciate them for that because I think that one of the things that you and I have tried to do is, is highlight women of color around the globe, mm-hmm. you know, and so to hear about Aquatune and we know so little in America about, you know, the, the, the years of enslavement in Brazil mm-hmm. and then to hear that there's this for, fierce warrior woman out there, you know, is incredible. And then she not only was fierce herself. If you think about it, like I said, one of the reasons why I wanted to mention that she was impregnated on a ship, she still raised three freedom fighters of one of those whoever impregnated her on that ship who tried to, 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 to quash her spirit. It just was indomitable. Now, do you know if she is well known within Brazil? Did your friends mention? Good. She is more well known and over time is getting even more well-known, but her son is still more well-known and has more notoriety as a freedom fighter than her. Mm. So she's known, but it's still shadowed in comparison to how her son is remembered. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, right? But they fought side by side. Mother and son fought side by side. And there she are actually likenesses of her. And she was gorgeous. She was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Okay, everybody Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to Google Images. Yeah, yeah the picture. Visual. She was beautiful, beautiful Angolan or Congolese woman. Um, Congo wasn't really formed yet. Yeah, but. I think what's also interesting, like the nuance, obviously this, this woman was very nuanced, very dynamic person. She was fierce. She was a mother. Um, obviously highly intelligent to be Mm -hmm. able to do what she did. Um, But I think from an American perspective, it's also really eye-opening story because I, I think like we don't even know in general that enslaved people also came from Brazil. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we're, we're kind of taught that um, when slavery happened, it was in this very specific timeframe. There was a, a, a significant 
starting point and a well-documented endpoint. And it, it happened from like four countries within four or five countries mm-hmm. within the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. And I think a lot of people don't even know what the middle passage is here and why that's significant. Right. And it's just, it's a very, when we're talking about enslaved people, it's a, it's a very nuanced, very deep story, very deep narrative that just doesn't get shared. It's so true. And then add to that the layer of Mm -hmm. sex and gender and being a woman, you know, Um, it's very interesting because we're going to talk about the Dora Dora Malaje and the original Dahomey Amazons. Either we've talked about it by the time we do this or we're going to talk about them. (laughs) But either way, listeners, definitely tune in for that one because I think you'll begin to see some um, overlap as well and some of the European ethos and how that ebbs its way into how we remember women. Mm -hmm. Um, So, which is something to think about with regard to all of the colonized nations in the Western hemisphere, such as the Caribbean, South America, Central America, United States, North America. Uh, It's very interesting. So that's what she did. That is a wonderful story. I'm so glad that uh, your friends brought her yeah. to your attention so that you could share with us. I don't think otherwise I would have ever heard the name yeah. or ever heard this story. Yeah. And it's fascinating. This is like whoever's listening to this and like the next time your your kid needs to do some kind of book report or a history right. report, like right. this is the person that they need to do it on. Like go tell them. Right, right. <laughs> so they can exactly. educate their teachers in their whole classroom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know they'll be educating their teachers. Uh, it's it's for sure. You know, I definitely want to shout out Bishop and and Lena um, for for bringing this to our attention, Mr. and Mrs. Fields, uh, for bringing this to our attention because they heard what we were working on. That's what she did, and they were like, "Yeah, you guys need to talk about." She's the African, you know, <laughs> warrior princess. How do you not? You know. Yes, for sure. Now, uh, for people that want to learn more about the African warrior princess of Brazil, where do they go? Um, I would, I would actually Google, I did get a couple of links. And, um, you know, but if you just Google Aquatune, A-Q-U-A-L-T-U-N-E, and you, she pops right up. She'll pop right up. I did get a couple of links that I was reading a lot of her biographical information that Bishop sent to me. But if you Google her, she'll pop up. She's, she's, she's known. There are books about her. There are feminist talks about her around Brazil. Really? Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that's the good thing. She is getting the just due in terms of notoriety and understanding that she deserves someone telling her story. I feel like we need more feminist talks about women like this here. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, somebody should do that. Where where are my we're historians? Doing, well, we're doing 23 days of it, right? Every weekday. Right, right. You know, that's something. If it sparks someone else or, right. you know, if, listeners, if you have folks who you know who are doing stuff that we should be highlighting as well or can share on our social media, let us know at uh, That's What She Did Podcast at gmail.com. For sure, for sure. And I think it just goes to show you that, you know, the women that we are profiling here are there's so many layers to them and and their significance, um, although on the surface might not seem significant. You know, some of the the women we've profiled, I came across and I was like, 
it just was kind of see they seem like an interesting little tidbit of information that I might file away in my brain. Um, but as I started to dig into who they are, they're incredibly dynamic, fierce, badass, intelligent women that, you know, are making ripples in their own little corner of the universe in their own little sphere. Um, but the more we talk about them, the more we know, the more I think it helps us see ourselves in a different light. Right. And really understanding, like bringing home the significance that you can have when you're just out, out here trying to live your life and trying to do the right thing and trying to, you know, not be enslaved. Right. Right. <laughs> and Mentally we, or yes, physically. Yes. All of that. Right. Um, exactly. And that's why we're doing that right now. So if you have other stories, as Michelle said, share them with us at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com and share this with your friends, right? Cause we want to spread the word about these women. This is not a, a podcast about us, your co-host Michelle and T we're just out here trying to talk about women that inspire us to inspire you on your journey. So share it far and wide, subscribe sharing is Karen y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode of That's What She Did. I'm Michelle Talbert. And I'm Tangia Renee. Bye. Bye. You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.